welcome to Oaken Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael. Today we have on Frankie Tufano, YouTuber, influencer, author, and entrepreneur. You got to check out his YouTube channel, Frank Tufano, where he talks all things health and nutrition. Also check out his companies, Frankie's Free Range Meat, which I have ordered from many times. Frankie's Naturals, love the lip balm and the toothpaste. His book, The Ancestral Indigenous Diet, is available on Amazon. And you got to head over to Frank-Tufano for more info. Thank you for coming on, Frank. Frankie, a fellow New Yorker, man. Thank you. No, yeah, that's great. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, no, I got my hands in, in way too many uh, pots, or however you want to say it. Frank-Tufano.com has literally everything on there. You don't have to worry about the, the 10 businesses that I'm half-assing. No, this is great, man. No, man, I, I love that you were able to like make a career from YouTube. And I just want to say, for the record, I found you from Reddit, right? I think when you had between 100 Before and I was permanently banned. From Reddit, you were, <laughs> really you were banned they, from banned Reddit? Me, they banned me off that website. You can't mention my name anymore. Really? Yeah. How? Tell us that um, story. There was another carnivore influencer that uh, was stealing my information, and I, I made a a couple posts about it. And basically, the carnivore community kind of shoved me out of the forum because they didn't like my ideas. And then I started posting on other forums, like the Paleo forum, the the anti vegan forum. Um, uh, you know, I posted a couple other Reddit forums and then they, they literally banned me completely from the website. So, I mean, it would have been nice to participate in the community and help some people out, but you know, it's a very mainstream agenda side and they don't really want any alternative stuff on there. I mean, you, you would hope that they could just let people post whatever they want and then right. allow people to make their own decisions on it. But in the case of me, they really didn't like what I had to say. And I had to get under the skin of, of a few people because I kind of started calling the moderators like a bunch of virgin cuck losers. And like I called one I called one guy's girlfriend an ugly monkey that I was prettier than her. So I, I was like, you know, as, as soon as these people are like a little mean to me, I start making some pretty some New York style jokes, some New York Frankie, stuff. Yeah. Frankie, you're like the you're like the Anthony Bourdain of the carnivore community, right? Anthony Bourdain took chefs and he cut away the bullshit and he cut away the, you know, the nice prim and proper Guy Fieri, you know, Emerald Lagasse, bam, bam. And he said, no, motherfucker, <laughs> we are down and dirty and this is how we do it. Mm -hmm. Have you always been this way? Have you always been like kind of like that controversial, disrupt yeah. controversial disruptor in, 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 in any industry you've ever been in? It's weird how it started. I mean, I, I used to bartend and wait tables and, and I was also a personal trainer. And I had some health problems from a medical drug called Accutane. So after I started my health journey, started YouTube, basically just started sharing the information I knew about health. You know, my channel didn't actually start growing until two or three years into YouTube, where I actually started um, like almost making fun of vegans. But what we were really doing was like critiquing their diet in a constructive way. And that wasn't even my idea. You know, I wasn't I was never the type of guy to want to do that type of stuff. Like even if someone is doing something really bad or negative, there's for me to speak like negatively about them. It's, it's like not a humble thing to do regardless of what they're doing, like mind your own business. But a lot of my viewers kept suggesting, hey, talk about the vegans, talk about the vegans, talk about the vegans. And then I, I did that and my channel really grew. Some of the videos yeah. were very, very popular. And that sort of like vegan critique, anti-vegan stuff. I even went to like the vegan pride parade. I went to a couple of vegan festivals. <laughs> I got really popular, like arguing and discussing with these vegans. And that controversy is what kind of grew my channel. And after I realized how many like of these dirt bags are actually 
being paid off or intentionally trying to harm people's health or part of like a larger agenda, I, I was perfectly okay with it. Initially I wasn't, but especially the past year or so on YouTube and two or three years before, yeah, these, these people can all, you know, I usually say something along the lines of throw them off a bridge, throw them in the East River, uh, but usually like so is it is does controversy grow your youtube channel because listen we're at almost 400 subscribers on our youtube mm -hmm. channel we have a big following on linkedin because like we started out this podcast because we had a business first and we wanted to just have mm -hmm. a platform to talk about growing up in a family business and stuff like that then it just morphed into that we like interviewing people mm -hmm. so like we're here now do we have to like start flinging shit at people to like make it work that's kind of how it worked with me because I started debating vegans and other other channels. I didn't really like I didn't really interact or get a lot of publicity on other channels until I was really big. So it's not like someone had me on their podcast and my channel grew a lot. It's not like I was on, you know, uh, you know, like Joe Rogan or someone with like tens of millions of subscribers to grow my channel. No, it was more like critiquing vegans, talking about other influencers. What I've seen people do, though, is if they have like a podcast with another channel like you guys are doing with me that certainly helps growth if they're able to like if something big happens in the vegan community like someone goes ex-vegan that's that's a lot of the stuff that that really went viral with my channel like there were some events where someone was caught eating fish and they're vegan or right like some mother was abusing her child that got really really popular there were definitely some of those for me just being being really really consistent posting every day and really losing my mind is, is another big part of it. Uh, I mean, I wasted, uh, I spent like $40,000, which is a lot of money for me because, you know, I've always bartended. I never had a, had a ton of cash, mm -hmm. but I spent that money on advertising and it didn't really get me that much in return. Right. So you got, you got to be kind of careful with, you know, what's best to spend your money on. How do you want to grow? Uh, for me, before the carnivore diet started getting really popular, I was just kind of doing my own thing. And then I, I tried to get in that carnivore niche. And, and that helped me grow as well. And I mean, I'm still, you know, and I remember that one of those like anti-vegan critique videos that I published, it was like the fastest, like viewer wise, like the views were shooting up and up and up. They were like 5k per hour. I was watching them on my wow, channel wow, and that's now it was insane. And then it, immediately around 40,000, it just stopped and YouTube put a clamp. And after that video was published and YouTube put that clamp on that view count, I never got another video viral again. So really? they, they, they kind of, they were kind of watching. And then that was back in uh, around January, February of 2019. And I remember that because that's where my Google ads revenue was actually decent. I was making like four or 5,000 a month from YouTube, wow. which for me, for my other jobs is really good. Right. But ever since then, my income hasn't even been like 20% of that after they, they clamped my views, I started getting less and less and less. And, and then depending on the time of year and what topics I talk about, you know, I went from getting 20, 30, 40,000 views per video to, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now I'm still happy with what I'm doing. I still work incredibly hard, but yep. you know, it, it's very apparent that, you know, someone's watching my channel and it's also very apparent that you don't necessarily get back what you put in. Mm -hmm. Right. So there, there has to be, you know, some level of dedication and, and drive and keep doing it. And, and if you focus on those negative factors that someone's holding you down or that they're shadow banning you, you, if you think about that stuff, it's going to destroy you. Yeah, but you well, diversified. Was, uh, give me a second. Are you, sure. you diversified mm -hmm. into owning your own? I mean, it's a butcher shop, right? Like it's a, a yeah. A, yeah. So what happened was in this carnivore diet stuff, people would always ask me, Frank, where do you get steak? Where do you get steak? Where do you get steak? And I would say, oh, mm -hmm. go to eatwild.com, look up local farms in the area. 
and that was a lot of work. You have to buy like a quarter cow and a lot of these farmers overcharged for their meat. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was looking, why are these farmers charging so much for their meat? You know, where are these local supermarkets getting this super cheap grass and beef from? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, l- let's see if we can provide people with, with the meat ourselves. And, and this started back in just like spring, summer of last year. And that's when we started shipping. We've been functioning for about a year and a half now. We actually have the most affordable and the lowest priced meat online. Like if you go to any meat website, yeah. our, our meat is all grass fed, 100% pasture raised, and it's priced lower. And in addition to being, being priced lower, it has a 5% discount and a 10% discount on orders over 200 to 300. That being said, me and my business partner are, you know, we haven't made a dime yet. Uh, we're actually both negative like 10, 15K, uh, which is, I mean, again, I you know all my money I personally have has, has been from really my savings from my past jobs. Right. Uh, the YouTube money hasn't been really enough to, to upkeep the lifestyle. I mean, I'm hoping that I keep the customer base of the meat company. Uh, we, we're trying to get a farm as well as a, a slaughterhouse because, yeah, we butcher the meat now, but the, the money is saved where you're actually slaughtering the animal. And, and then we can also have some eggs and, and raise some animals on the farm ourselves. So mm-hmm. if we can keep this customer base and get the infrastructure to do everything from point A to point B, that's when we'll start raking in the money. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now between me and my partner, maybe we, if we didn't, if we didn't like, we didn't invest money in the business. So if we didn't have to spend all of our first year profit on the new facility, then me and my business partner would probably have like 50 to 60 K in each of our bank accounts. Sure. Right. But hypothetically on paper, you know, e- each operation we're able to add, you know, you could add a few thousand dollars per week profit and the numbers look really good. But you know, do we have a few hundred thousand dollars to put down on a farm? Do we have a few hundred thousand to buy a slaughterhouse? We, it's, it's out of our budget right now. What we're just trying to do is is stick with it, um, tr- try to make it work. And mm-hmm. a- as I said, since our meat is the lowest priced online by a pretty significant amount, that's the main reason we're not making any money. It, it's right. just to price everyone else out and have the discounts and to give free shipping is unheard of. Like mm-hmm. right. other companies, they'll charge more. You'll have to pay for shipping and you won't get a complimentary discount. But that's really the only reason we've been able to grow too is because we're cheaper like you, you offer product lower price than everyone else chances are people are going to try it at least once or twice right so right. that's that's part of what we've been trying to no do. i mean your, your your stuff is good i mean you know let's get into the health of it you know mm. why why are your meats better than going to the supermarket without a doubt the supermarket is buying well let me restart that so Most of the time, when you go to an average supermarket, they're not going to even have grass-fed beef. If you do have the chance to go to a supermarket and they do have grass-fed beef, it's it might be decent. You know, I'm not going to say that some of the past you know butchers or or farms that we purchased from don't have their meat in supermarkets, but our meat is cut much better. It's much fresher because you know we buy the animals, we buy the meat, we cut it up, it's sent out the next week. Mm-hmm. A supermarket might have stuff sitting in the freezer for one, two, three, four months. Then they right. thaw it out, they cut it off, they put it on the shelf. Comparing army to a supermarket isn't really something I would I would say is, is a good comparison. What I can do is talk about why supermarket meat is not good. Uh, so even if they do have grass or beef, it's probably old. Usually they cut the steaks too thin. The pork and the chicken is always fed corn and soy conventionally. If you're lucky, it's organic and then it's organic corn and soy. So the pork chicken for the most part is very low quality. Uh, there's definitely a pollution concern even with wild seafood. And even if the fish isn't polluted, 
it's all frozen usually and they have to put additives in the fish it's called like theosulfates when they put them on the boat look you can go to a whole foods and get like a decent steak some decent wild caught fish but you're going to pay twice as much as we do for shipping it to your door right uh, what's a more what's a fair comparison is say okay what's the difference between buying from frankie syringe meat and buying from a local farm well we do sell like a local new york grass-fed beef package which is the exact same thing you would get from your farm. And the nice thing about it is you don't have to spend $800 on buying a quarter cow. Mm -hmm. uh, we have like our pork is pasture-raised Iberico pork from Spain. Uh, the chicken is organic, free range, corn and soy free. We have quails that are even 100% pasture-raised. All of the beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. So the main point is if you buy something from Frankie's range meat, it is raised in that natural environment. That's that's the main selling point. You don't have to worry about it being pasture raised or grass fed. From my frame of reference, you know, if I'll go to Whole Foods and get a and get a grass fed steak, I mean, it doesn't taste good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's that's what I would come into. It tastes like a barnyard's butthole. Right. And then, you know, like right it, before it, quarantine, I want to tell you something, Eric. I'm just, apologize for interrupting, but right before quarantine, I went to Whole Foods. This is before coronavirus really was even anything, and I went to Whole Foods and I started shopping around, and like. All the regular soy-fed, grain-fed beef was gone. It was like it was mm -hmm. minimized. And the grass-fed stuff was stacked. Mm -hmm. But it was gray-looking. And I said, mm -hmm. how old is this meat? And they said, oh, it's it's about three or four days old. Mm -hmm. And it looked, it looked moldy. It looked, uh -huh. you know, unappetizing where you have, you know, I, I call it the fake stuff, right? Like the fake meat that like, you know, the, the corn-fed stuff. And it was it was gorgeous. It was red. Mm -hmm. it, was, yeah. it was marbly. Like, why why aren't people buying this? Why aren't people buying the grass-fed stuff? That's exactly the reason. The, the only reason that grain-fed stuff looks good is because they're selling so much of it and they refresh it every day. Pe right. People see the grass-fed stuff and it's usually more expensive. Mm -hmm. And then they see the lower marbling and they try it once. It tastes like, you know, barnyard or hay or whatever. Yep. And it's not to say that, you know, once in a while you get an animal that, you know, wasn't raised on the proper grasses or wasn't fattened up properly. But that's what we try to do on Frankie's Range Meat. We try to make sure that all of the meat is fairly consistent. It's priced accordingly so you can pay as much as you would for that grain-fed meat at the supermarket. But that's the mentality behind a lot of these Americans. I went out to see a butcher shop in uh, Pennsylvania last week, and it was like all conventional grain-fed everything, the cheeses, the sausages, the charcuterie. It's like America wants fast, cheap, and easy, and that butcher shop was – you know, the epitome of it. They had a, a slaughterhouse on site, but their entire customer base, which we would have taken over if we bought the place, you know, you're selling them regular grain fed meat, you know, cheap sausages, cheap cheese, like every, everything is made with that low quality American ingredients. You know, it's not organic, it's not raised properly, but that's what a lot of Americans are used to these past dozens and dozens of years with what the food system has made. And right. to get people to understand why it's important and why you should spend more money, th there's more interest right now in keeping people on that old crap because, you know, the people that own these larger companies, the meat purveyors that are making, you know, trillions and trillions and who, who knows how much money these people are making, right. they're in control of everything. And if everyone switched over to grass fed, which is kind of what's happening in some way right now, they just fudge the marketing terms. They feed them, you know, corn stalks and like corn leaves instead of the grain and accounts as grass fed. There's some very wow. clever marketing here and there. And it's conspiracy wise. 
when did this change? When did, when did we go from being healthy and vibrant and eating grass fed beef to this processed corn infused beef? Mm-hmm. Um, when did, the, when did this transition happen and why wasn't anyone notified? Yeah. In my little stint in, uh, Hunter college, I think I was, went there for two semesters. Uh, one of the essays I wrote for my English class was on this. So it was on how the USDA started all this crookery stuff with the food pyramid in 1979. Uh, Earl Butts is one guy's name. I believe he was the secretary of agriculture at the time. He said, all right, if we take these cows off pasture, we put them in pens. If we go grain on the pasture, you can feed a lot more animals because, you know, one acre of grass is going to maybe not even feed one cow. But if you stuff that acre full of like high yield corn or high yield soy, you could feed so many more animals on it. So Mm -hmm. he said, all right, we could do that. We could feed some of it to the animals. We could use the rest for processed food products. Mm-hmm. And that's when it all started. So if I had to guess, and that's probably why people in the 1950s and 60s were much healthier. Right. And then toward, towards the 80s, 90s, all of the low-fat stuff got really, really, really crazy. Mm-hmm. And in you know the early 2010s, like 2013, 2014, paleo diet got super popular. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of almost when it seemed like there was a light. Like people were going to realize that saturated fat wasn't bad. Cholesterol was okay. You know, people were eating all this meat on the paleo diet. And all of those dietary trends were corrupted by mainstream. You know, mm-hmm. Never was there a movement to eat all local, high quality, organic foods. And I'm just trying to piece this together properly. Yeah, it's all good. Just one second. So even though there was that little glimmer of hope with the paleo movement, the keto movement, all that type of stuff, it's been corrupted by the mainstream. So they're still trying to feed you that crap that's in the supermarket under the guise of one of these diets. Yeah, the vegan movement has essentially repurposed the food pyramid. You know, what little meat or fish people were eating, they basically just tried to remove it from people's diets, go more plant-based. And on one hand, you could say, is it really a money element to it or are people that consume less animal products also easier to control? Uh, that being said, you know the amount of estrogen and herbicides, agrochemicals, from the water supply from women taking birth control that end up in our food supply in general, let alone in this feedlot meat in incredibly high amounts. You could talk about how the entire food supply is completely poisoned and that regardless of what diet you follow, there's going to be an issue if you don't have some overlying principles. But this mainstream like food supply system has done the opposite. They've almost made the food as toxic and nutritionally deficient as possible. It's so scary. It's so cause like everybody has health health issues, you know, like our father smoked and died of COPD and he had cancer. Our mother had has Hashimoto's disease and she had a heart attack. You she know, had thyroid I, cancer. She, she had thyroid cancer. I have Hashimoto's disease that I keep under control with, uh, you know, with diet. So my question is, are are plants that toxic for you? So like, do you eat sweet potato? Do you eat, you know, plant based food? along with just your high quality meats? So I've been carnivore for almost seven years now. I mean, I'm, I'm pr- honestly, over the next few months, I'm probably going to stop the carnivore diet. But the main reason for that is because, you know, throughout the you know period of time I've been on this diet, I didn't keep things as balanced as I've told people. Like throughout this whole period of time, I've said, hey, make sure you're balancing your copper to zinc, make sure your, your fat cycle vitamins are in check, make sure you're doing everything the right way. And I didn't necessarily do it right myself. So now I'm at a point where in order to kind of 
you know, fix my health and, and get to a better point, I am going to include carbohydrates in my diet. Uh, one thing that might answer that question is you have indigenous groups like certain Plains Indians that would eat, you know, 70 to 80% of their calories from bison. But, you know, those people were very large bone structure wise and muscle wise, physique wise, organ wise. They were probably, even if they were only six feet tall, they probably weighed 230 and they didn't even look that muscular. So just the bone size and the organ size of these people was much better able to tolerate large amounts of meat. So although we do see groups of people that did eat a lot of meat, you know, someone like myself, you know, five foot eight Italian person, what did my ancestors eat for the past few thousands of years? A lot of wheat, a lot of pasta, durum wheat, semolina, that type of stuff. And, you know, Italians live to 100, 105. It's, it's not uncommon. They, they live a very, very long time. But the idea that plants are harmful or that meat is good for you, first, you have to look at the negatives. Is there something in that food that's going to be harmful to you? And without looking at anti-nutrients, without looking at um, like stuff that's inherent to a food itself, you have to look at how the food was grown. So, you know, if it was sprayed with chemicals, if the water was full of fluoride and chlorine, that is way worse than getting some phytic acid or oxalates or some of these anti-nutrients people talk about all the time. Um, you know, goitrogenic activity uh, foods such as like kale. That, that Yeah, if you're juicing kale shakes every day, you might get thyroid problems. These, these anti-nutrients in, in past groups of people, if they were eating acorns all day and they weren't properly fermenting or soaking the acorns, yeah, they would have health problems, but that was more due to a lack of animal foods in the diet. So if you consume a large amount of animal foods, that'll offset the negatives of pretty much any plant food you're consuming. Are there certain plant foods you should absolutely avoid because of anti-nutrients or certain chemicals in them? Yes. Which and, ones are those? Which ones? I are mean, it, it, it's very, it's very difficult to list all of them, but give me a if few. You, yeah. Give if you have a hard time eating a food, the general subjective viewpoint is if you eat something and you don't feel good, you shouldn't eat it. Some people can't eat carrots. Some people can't eat blueberries. Some people can't eat a lot of grains that are prepared in certain ways. But this also has more to do with how they're grown. Uh, if it's not how it's grown and it's more about the inherent properties of the food itself, as we said, you have those cruciferous vegetables like kale, really green, bitter stuff. If you juice it, if you consume a lot of it, you'll have problems. Uh, all these people juicing celery, that's an example of something that, you know, celery might not be too high in something negative. I might have some nitrogen and that might cause issues. But the main issue with juicing celery is how many chemicals was it grown in? Uh, some people have a problem with the nightshades like eggplant and tomato. Uh, sometimes people have uh, That's me. That's me. bacterial overgrowth in their stomach, SIBO, SIFO, candida, where it's not necessarily the anti-nutrient property of the food itself. It's the, the sugar profile. The paleo used to be really popular with the FODMAP. It stands for like fermented oligosaccharides. It's something like all of these foods that have these FODMAPs in them can cause digestive issues. And then you might have something you wouldn't think about, like honey is very high in uh, a specific anti-nutrient that escapes my mind. I'm not sure if it's salicylates. I think it is salicylates. Um, I could be wrong on that. But the point is even something like honey might have a large amount of a compound that causes issue. And even if it's not a chemical compound or a polyphenol or a flavonoid that we supposedly think is healthy, which actually isn't, it could just be the inherent carbohydrate profile of the food. You know, something like honey is high in fructose uh, and it doesn't have vitamin C or potassium. Whereas even though fruit like grape or an apple is high in fructose, it has vitamin C and potassium that can kind of counter uh, the negatives of that. Uh, so you, once you, you know, have more of an in-depth understanding of nutrition and you're aware of how things work, you can really pinpoint what foods are safe, what foods aren't. But if you're just gonna walk into a supermarket 
and buy a bunch of plant foods, you should really think about how realistic it would be to consume that food. Would you eat apples at a certain time of the year from a tree? Probably. Would you be picking spinach or lettuce or kale out of a garden if your goal was to survive? Probably not because they're very low calorie foods. Mm -hmm. Usually if a plant food has a reasonable amount of calories, you can somewhat justify consuming it. And then you can look at, you know, what's the accessibility, something like a grain, like pasta, you know, we used to grow that in very high volumes and you could eat a lot of grains. Same thing with things like potatoes, fruit. You can't justify consuming an incredible amount of it. Uh, the nuts and seeds, same thing. But in all of these indigenous groups, native peoples, even Italians for the past hundreds of years before all this USDA food pyramid nonsense, they were eating grains and meat, wheat right. and, and, you know, wheat and fish is, is a, you can get right. most of your nutrients in that diet. And there might be some modern factors that make it so we have to supplement or take more of certain things, but you shouldn't really demonize plant foods. You should be more worried about, are there chemicals spread on those plant foods? And do you have enough animal foods in your diet to get the B vitamins, the more bioavailable minerals, the omega fatty acids that the plant foods might be inhibiting? So we are seeing a doctor, um, this guy in, in Woodbury, New York, and uh, he's treating my kids. My daughter kind of got the raw ends of the stick when she was born. Um, she was born globally apraxic, which means that there's just like a disconnect between her brain and her mouth. Mm -hmm. um, so everything has to be pulled out of her. She had to, you know, to learn how to crawl. We had to like take a foot and go like this. And it was very just intensive therapies all around. So we found this uh, naturopath doctor. And um, by the way, he speaks your language, Frank. Like yeah. if, when he comes to me and says to me about, you know, mycotoxins, I literally, you, I YouTube Frank Tufano on mycotoxins. Yeah, I probably talked about it. <laughs> no, I'm saying you have, yeah, like, you're a wealth of knowledge on the this. The point is, is that, you know, you have certain pockets of people out there that, that, that are bucking the mainstream. And um, he, you know, it turns out that my daughter Hallie was not, di she wasn't absorbing fat. So he did his concoction of, of supplements and L-glutathione and, uh, you know, histo histamines and, 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 and uh, uh, histeo and, and all these natural supplements. And she was failure to thrive and now she's growing. And, you know, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of alternate things happening. My point is with this doctor is he also does endpoint allergy testing. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought of, uh, have you ever heard of that, considered that? Like, I don't know if I can show from my arm. But yeah, I, I see. I know it, I've had a lot of clients that do that. And yeah. yeah, I mean, that doctor was able to identify that your daughter had a liver dysfunction and the antioxidants and the things she gave her, uh, he gave your daughter uh, probably some enzymes to help stimulate the fat digestion, especially yes. the organs, the liver and the pancreas. The allergy tests to me, are you getting a response to that food because you're allergic to it? Or is it some metabolic dysfunction that's causing you to be intolerant to the, the profile of that food? It's usually the latter. So if you're allergic to dairy, you might just not be able to tolerate the high calcium, the high retinol, vitamin A, um, the, the specific protein component of that food. So yes, you might be allergic to it at this point in time and you can't tolerate the food, but by no means is it a lifelong allergy that right. cannot be addressed. Yo, if you're able to get right. your body in a perfect metabolic state to fix it, then uh, that can work, but it, it's very difficult to identify what the problem is with Frankie, our modern world. Yeah. Frankie, I, I'm doing the same endpoint allergy testing at the same doctor, and mm -hmm. I tested positive for beef, chicken, and pork. And mm -hmm. I tested positive for coconut and sweet you know, it's, potato. It, it's positive as far as like an intolerance goes. Like he's not right. obviously anaphylactic allergic to beef or chicken. Right. But same thing with my kids. And like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, just for anyone who doesn't know, endpoint allergy testing is they're going to take um, di uh, 
100% of egg, let's say, and they're going to inject it into your arm. Then they're going to dilute it some, then they're going to inject it into your arm, and then they're going to dilute it until you don't react. And then they figure out where you're not reacting, and then they make a nose spray, and then you get desensitized to the foods. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're in that process. Michael has done that for environmental allergies, and he says that it's been a huge difference. I see it in my children, where my daughter at certain times of the year, she'd wake up with purple eyes, like just mm -hmm. underneath, underneath her eyeballs were just, it was purple, and she was just congested. And since doing this treatment for a year, she is no longer having those issues. Same with uh, me. I haven't had. I've, I've chronic sinus infections and sore throats. So, do my you think that? The, do you think that the desensitization, desensitizing yourself to those foods at the level where you can tolerate it in your system, is that does that work? There's there's two elements of that. One is what you're correct about the actual immune cells, the T cells in your body. As I said, if you're in a perfect metabolic state, the reason you're not allergic to a food is because your immune cells will adjust to the food and you will be able to tolerate it from an allergy perspective. But the other component of that is, you know, are they injecting egg that was fed corn and soy, which you might never be able to tolerate. So there could be, a, there could be a chemical in the food from that was sprayed on it. So chances are, you know, those eggs were from conventionally raised chickens and it's fed corn and soy and there's so many chemicals in it. They take the egg, you're going to be allergic to some of those chemicals in the egg. So wow. even if you're allergic to a food, if you consume a high quality version that you know, isn't, bad for you, you could probably tolerate it. Like if you try to get a regular gallon of milk from the supermarket versus raw grass fed milk from a local farm, those are, you shouldn't even call both of those foods milk because wow. most people can't even tolerate it. But if you can address those three things, you know, remove the negatives of the food, make sure your body's in a proper metabolic state, mainly liver function and, and, and balance, balance the nutrients and make sure you don't have a, a problem specific to those nutrients, then the immune cells in your body will eventually be able to adapt to that food. But again, with our, our modern life, it can be very difficult to figure out what the dysfunction is. And usually it, it's too much iron, too much of a certain nutrient stored in your liver. That's usually what's causing it. So if the mother, for instance, is following a diet that's deficient in copper and zinc and her liver is full of iron, and she's getting too much vitamin A and not enough vitamin D and there's no K2 and her gut's unhealthy, the baby is going to have similar stores of nutrients in the liver and the baby's going to basically inherit the problems that the mother had. And this is the reason that the, the our past, even grandparents, great-grandparents, and especially these indigenous people, they ate certain foods when they were pregnant. They, they did certain things to make sure that their child was healthy. And this wasn't like a, a have something once a week. This was something that they prepared for a year or two in advance. And they continued it through the nursing, the breastfeeding, and all of that stuff. Uh, so whether it is specific to diet, um, you know, you could have pollutants in your water. It could be high Wi-Fi radiation levels. It could be poor sleep. Um, there's another element called grounding, just being in touch with the earth. And then exercise is another big part. I actually did a video just the other week, um, the six basics of health. And if you're able to address those six things, you'll be healthy. It's just how far do you have to go down into each of those specific categories to figure out what's wrong with you? And usually it's, it's difficult. How the fuck do you know all this? You're, you're, you're a wealth of information. Like you don't have a degree in, in, um, you don't have a, a medical degree, but mm -hmm. everything you say makes perfect sense. I'm anaphylactically allergic to nuts. I, I was born that way, mm -hmm. but you know what? I was eating tomatoes all my life and I'm puffing my asthma spray every single day because I'm eating tomatoes because I'm told it's healthy. Mm -hmm. And then I find out I'm allergic to tomatoes. I give up tomatoes. I don't have asthma anymore. 
Yeah. So like, how do you, did you know this by trial and error? Did you figure all of this out? Did you, did you wake up one day and go, this is the right way to live? Like, how did you know all this? Yeah. Take us to the beginning. Like, how did you yeah. start down this path? Yeah. So you have to imagine I have, I started YouTube in summer of 2016. Uh, Unfortunately, the first two years of my YouTube channel, I kind of deleted because I was like upset it wasn't growing. And then thankfully, one of my viewers saved about a hundred of my videos and I had hundreds. Wow. And, that, and then, it, so if you look on June around, I think it's ju actually July 7th, 2018 on my YouTube channel, I uploaded like a hundred videos on the same day. Those were the, some of the deleted videos from my old channel. So before that, I was doing the diet carnivore diet for two, three years before how'd I even you started YouTube. Where did you, how'd you find yeah. out about carnivore? So uh, I literally, this is how it happened. I literally Google, I was having all these health problems from bodybuilding. I was sick of bodybuilding. I couldn't eat any food. I, I you know, I was shitting my pants. I didn't know what to do after taking Accutane. I Googled how to be healthy. And I, I'll mention these people, but you know, after finding out that they're shills and, uh, and I've reached out to them personally to collaborate with them, they didn't respond. I'll still mention these people. So Paul Check's book, How to How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy came up. And that was the first book I purchased. And that book pointed me in the direction of a couple of other books. So Paul's book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, is really good. He recommended Norg Gaudis' book, Primal Body, Primal Mind. Uh, Paul Check's book also recommended Weston Price, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. So what happened was I read those two books, and Norg Gaudis' book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, pretty much said, Ketogenic diet is ideal. It can help a lot of people. Right. High, high amount of animal foods, some vegetables here and there. Weston Price's book analyzed the indigenous tribes, these groups of people, and saw that the one constant in all of these indigenous diets was that they all consumed high quality animal foods, despite some of them eating rye bread for their plant foods and despite some of them eating like wild foraged plant foods. So the plant foods varied greatly from region to region, but the animal foods didn't. And since I thought, well, keto, this girl is saying keto is ideal, uh, this Dennis from the 1920s is saying that these indigenous people, one common factor, all had animal foods in their diet. I thought, well, so shouldn't animal fat be that source of calories on the keto diet? And I basically came up with like a, a paleo keto diet, mm -hmm. which was essentially carnivore, but being very mindful of the macronutrient profile and the micronutrients, the, the organ meats that they were eating in that book, Weston Price, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, at the time I discovered this diet, I went online. And I came across the carnivore diet, the zero carb forum. This was seven, eight years ago. And it, it was very unknown, unheard about. Maybe they had a few thousand people on the Reddit forum. Yeah. And I looked at it and, and the carnivore diet at the time was just lean beef. And it didn't talk about macronutrient ratio. It didn't yeah. talk about organ meats. It didn't talk about any of that stuff. So I literally just threw it out the window. I didn't care. I was like, this isn't my, this zero carb diet has nothing to do with what I'm doing. Um, so I did my own version of paleo keto for a couple of years. I started feeling a lot better. Uh, and then in 2016, I decided that, hey, this is amazing. This has helped my health. Let me share it through my YouTube channel. And after, you know, two, about two years of being on YouTube, that's when the carnivore diet got on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yep. So thanks that to the Joe Sean Rogan. Baker, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think yeah. that was December of 2018, if I'm correct. I could be wrong. It might've been December of 2019, uh, 2017. Uh, actually, let me just, let me just check that real quick. That's important. Uh, I think that was 2017. Yeah, I think it was 2017 too. That's why I'm double checking. Um, so that got really, he was on, yeah, it was 2017. So December, 2017, uh, corn faker gets on the Joe Rogan podcast. And <laughs> then towards the middle of that year, 2018, Michaela Peterson, Jordan Peterson, it, it started getting really popular. Right. Um, so towards the middle and end of 2018 was when my channel started really growing. 
And then towards the beginning of 2019 was where I got a huge, I went from like maybe two or 3000 subscribers to over like 30,000 in a very short period of time. Wow. And since the carnivore diet was on Joe Rogan, even though I wasn't doing the carnivore diet, I tried to niche it. And at the beginning I had so much revolt because they were like, no, you just eat steak. They were so vehemently against the organs, the proper fat ratio. Yeah, and there's right. still a lot of people that are against that. So I basically fought tooth and nail for like a year and a half to try to push my ideas out there. And you have to imagine if you have a YouTube channel for four years and I make a video every single day, that's hundreds of videos. That's I think I have seven or 800 videos on my channel now, maybe 900 at this point. And that's that doesn't include the hundreds of videos I deleted. So over a thousand videos, that are each 10, 15 minutes long. And how many, you know, how many hours of research did it take for me to do each of those videos? Probably right. two or three. There's so thousands and thousands of hours of research every day. And not only do I have the thousands of hours in research of research to do those videos, every time you post a video, you get comments from a hundred people saying maybe one little thing you missed. You do live streams every week, answering questions, Q and A, you get a it's irreplaceable knowledge. No one else that's, there's a reason that literally no one else on YouTube. And I'm pretty comfortable saying this, at least that I've seen has a comfortable level of nutritional knowledge. And there might be someone out there that does, but they haven't been willing to share it on YouTube. Maybe, so, Paul, maybe Paul Saldino. Oh, I hope, I hope that's a joke. I'm assuming you guys have been updated the past few days. Yeah, well, really, well, really. Uh, so for the, for the listeners, Paul Saladino, AKA rad boy, uh, <laughs> AKA Punk Shield, he knows the new one, but this guy back in, they saw, oh, well, this guy, Frank Tefano has really good ideas. So they got another one of their buddies, another doctor back in December, uh, late 2019, I think he started Carnivore himself. And he basically watched my YouTube videos, repeated my information, but used his connections to, uh, to try to grow. And I called him out for his plagiarism. He really hasn't been doing well, but this guy's so connected that just last Friday, he got on Joe Rogan. And what really irritated me was on Joe Rogan, he had maybe six or seven really good talking points. And all of those really good talking points were things that I made in videos on my channel. Um, off the top of my head, one was that, you know, linoleic acid is a big problem. How, how, what's the real cause of heart disease? What about anti-nutrients and plant foods? It's all topics I've covered on my channel in depth. He basically stole some of my talking points and, and he took some really, really good ones and some really like unique ideas I came up with like, oh, vegans pop, follow a whole foods plant-based diet. Why not Nate, put the whole foods meat-based diet in the title of my book? And that was literally like one of the first things they mentioned on the podcast. So it's almost like they took my YouTube channel for the past two years, they wrote a script and they tried to hit all of the best ideas on the Joe Rogan podcast in a three hour span. So, so that really irritated okay. me. Yeah. I made, I made a couple of videos over the past two or three days. We've been watching out his, them. We've been yeah, watching yeah. them. If anyone, if anyone wants to see evidence of the direct plagiarism, I think there's four videos of it right now. Um, and it's not even just copying me word for word and stealing my ideas. It, every single one of my businesses from the hygiene products to the meat company, to the, um, the supplement company, he, he literally did the same thing two months after I started the podcast name, the book, he, he copied not only my ideas, my, my business ventures too. And he used his connections, um, to, to, to sell his other friends products. You know, he doesn't have his own meat company. He's selling meat from X, X farm. He doesn't have his own supplement company. He's not making the products in a warehouse himself. He's taking someone else's and putting his label on it. I want to um, tell you something, Frank, yeah. I got to tell you, my, my father told us this. Mm -hmm. I, imitation is the biggest form of flattery. 
Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, we own a global car service. I mean, what's mm-hmm. left of it in the age of COVID, right? We we mm-hmm. own a global car service and we have competitors mm-hmm. who try to bring us down, who who do everything in their power to badmouth us and talk shit about us. And the only thing that we're doing is we're running our race. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we do. The only advice I, ha- I don't know, um, I don't know Paul Saladino's side. Mm-hmm. I do listen to your side. It's It's pretty intriguing run your race bro you, you mm-hmm. you're ahead because you're you're, light you're, you're the pioneer you're the pioneer and you're not doing what the other carnivores like and i have all respect for for anyone who's putting themselves out there you know i have respect for dr sean baker i respect for, for Spearage. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get him on the podcast but like he's in some like he's in the forest in romania or something now yeah right? like these guys like, this is just That's literally what he's doing for those yeah. you know, he literally ran off to romania to hide away from what's going on I think it's amazing. And and I got to tell you that like what you're doing, all, anyone who wants to promote health, we're trying to get vegan gains on here. Mm-hmm. Anything that is is trying to help other people, um, I just think that person is blessed and they're doing the right thing. Even if someone's trying to copy their ideas, mm-hmm. keep running your race, Frank, because mm-hmm. you're, you're winning, man. And, and yeah, I, I, want try to see you to, win. I try not to focus on the negative, but it's almost right. like, you know, it's almost like, you know, you invented a car. And someone else is selling cars now. It's it's you know it's different. It's it's one thing if if we were competing in like the same world. type of uh, yeah. you know, it's one thing if we were competing in the same type of like business or venture, and it's it's a very common thing. Like if we were mechanics and we worked on cars, and and he started a new a new car mechanic company and copied my logos and that stuff and everything, I wouldn't care because we're both doing the same thing, and I know I do it better. But these ideas and concepts and, and dietary stuff that I came up with on my channel is nothing no one else pieced together before me and that he's able to take that and use it and not understand it i'm just going to wait until he kills someone with his diet then he'll uh (laughs) then he'll be screwed that's literally what's going to happen it's it's, it's, it's a bad statement man i would i would would probably place a bet dude i I have a screenshot on my phone it's i've never i never take screenshots on my phone from like um social media but someone dm me on instagram and this guy's cholesterol was like his LDL was like 700 or something. That's not good. The L, yeah, the LDL was 700. It's insane. Right. Um, and hey, doctor, what do you think of my lipid profile? Total cholesterol 700, oh <laughs> LDL God. cholesterol 760. <laughs> Whole, I don't know how I've never seen someone with LDL that high, but. The point is he's following Paul Saladino's advice and this guy has, this guy doesn't, he's, I'm, I'm not going to say he has no idea what he's doing, but he's missing a few very key components that I understand that you won't, listen, I don't share every single shred of wisdom or knowledge I know on my channel. Mm-hmm. I might apply it to my clients, but if he's just going to copy and take it face value, what I do in my videos is ultimate wisdom. That's why this guy has 750 cholesterol <laughs> by taking his advice because he missed Talking a few things here and there. Talking about high cholesterol, I just want to show this pic, and we just have it here because we did a live stream last week, yeah. and uh, basically shows of what we used to look like. But mm-hmm. sorry, that's, for cut, sorry, cutting you in the middle there, yeah, Frankie, but, but that, that's those me. Are, those are two <laughs> fat. Those are two fat, fat, fat Long Island boys right there. <laughs> um, and, you and know, we lost it. We lost it all. We, you know, we, I, I followed. I just wanted to tell Frank my journey. I found keto in 2012, lost weight, but I mainly found it uh, because of my thyroid. And my thyroid levels normalized and I avoided medication, but I still had a bumpy thyroid. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Reddit 
uh, keto. I went to the keto forums on Reddit. And then I'm like, uh, you know, I I lost weight, but I was gaunt because I dieted hardcore and I was yeah. narrow shouldered and I was I was super skinny fat. Um, I still am skinny fat, but not the way that I was. And then somebody replied back, uh, you know, come to the dark side, check out zero carb. I'm like, mm-hmm. hmm, okay, so I did. And then I eat, I, I basically eat meat and drink water for 30 days and let me know how you feel. And I did that and I felt great and I did it for four years. Mm-hmm. I literally, I, I rarely ever cheated. The only time I would have plant food is if my kids would bring home a stomach bug and I would just have like rice and a banana to like bind my system up. Yeah. Be- beyond that, I never cheated for desserts because I, I genuinely felt good. What started happening was, uh, for lack of a better description, I started to have the runs mm-hmm. all the time, no matter what I ate. So I was like, I was a militant carnivore. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like a vegan, a, carnivore, a carnivore, bro. I, yeah, I, I, was, I was, I was a total carnivore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, finally I was, I was, I was just, I was so upset. So I started eating sweet potato and I stopped, I stopped peeing out of my ass. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and like, I never thought that I would eat plants again. Mm-hmm. I never thought in a million years. And I know you mentioned that you were going to start eating plants um or you know carb carb based foods my question is what plants are you planning on eating like what what is your strategy going to be are you going to have sourdough bread yeah. yeah so once you understand what makes a person healthy which is simply removing all the negative pollutants and chemicals from their lifestyle and the second component of being healthy is making sure you're getting all the nutrients you need which is very complex from a vitamin mineral and fatty acid perspective then you understand what food choices you would make and why is your carb diet works for a lot of people because they're removing a lot of the negatives of the crap they're eating and they're replenishing their b vitamin stores and a lot of minerals they were deficient in that being said zero carb diet tends to cause other nutrient deficiencies off the top of my head usually fat soluble vitamins become imbalanced heavily in favor of vitamin a yep. diets heavily lacking copper magnesium selenium a couple of minerals uh, from a listen from a vitamin perspective the carnivore diet looks great from a mineral perspective, you run into a lot of problems. From a fatty acid perspective, it can be thrown off. Uh, so if you look at carbohydrate sources, sweet potatoes usually cause problems for most people. I would say that sweet potatoes are actually one of the worst uh, foods you could use because wow. the amount of like polyphenols, antioxidants, flavonoids in, in sweet potatoes is actually something that a lot of people don't tolerate from a liver perspective. So, But the reason you might have felt good initially when eating those sweet potatoes and the reason you probably feel better is because not only are you feeding your gut bacteria with, uh, so I guess before, so carnivore diet gets you some nutrients, but it doesn't have carbohydrates or certain minerals. The thing you need those minerals for is different functions, liver function, especially, and the carbohydrate portion of the food feeds your gut bacteria. If you're not eating carbohydrates, you're not feeding your gut bacteria. They can't function off protein and fat. The Alaskan people used to eat rotten meat every day because the rotten meat had the bacteria their guts were missing. So if you want to follow a carnivore diet perfectly, you would kind of be supplementing the things that occur in plant foods. So you would probably supplement copper, magnesium, fermented foods or probiotics, and that would basically replicate having plant foods in your diet. But if you want to be more realistic and follow an omnivorous diet, I mean, listen, listen, I still eat one, two pounds of red meat per day. It's just now I'm going to probably have it with like white potatoes, uh, pasta, m- maybe bread on a cake. It depends on the preparation because something like 
that above ba- above bread, or uh, you mentioned it the other day on your podcast. It's on upstate New York. Be- beyond bread, this company bread alone. Bread alone. Yeah, has some really high quality bread in, in supermarkets like Whole Foods. Um, yeah. This the thing about, and again, the, the what makes plant the reason a carnivore diet is generally a very good base for people is because when you start looking into plant foods, it's more subjective. And by that, I mean every single plant food has to be analyzed from a, uh, a nutrient and mineral and anti-nutrient and preparation perspective before you, you decide to consume it. So in the case of something like uh, sourdough bread, for instance, it might look good if it's just organic wheat bread and water and it's naturally sourdough fermented to reduce the anti-nutrient profile, but maybe you didn't factor in that the wheat is fermented, it's high in histamine and it's not gonna digest too well compared to something like durum wheat pasta and durum wheat is basically the pasta is basically dried out wheat so it's a lot fresher it doesn't have the you know the fermented the histamine concern and and it could be something like the sweet potato versus the white potato you might think oh well on paper the sweet potato is a more naturally occurring tuber it's higher in vitamins and nutrients it has better mineral profile but you didn't realize it has so many flavonoids that and oxalates that your body doesn't digest it uh, Right. If you look at white rice, you could say, oh, well, white rice looks like on paper it's the best carbohydrate because, you know, it's, if it's grown organically, it's just basically starch. Well, yeah, that, but the nutrient profile of rice can deplete certain B vitamin stores. It, it can do this. It can do that. It gets very, very subjective. And when you look at the ancestral diets and if you do have, you know, a pound or two of red meat in your diet every day, most carbohydrate sources are pretty safe, but again, you want to really see how you're responding to them. I mean, maybe I might have that bread once or twice a month. Most people can probably eat that just fine. You know, for most people, most plant sources, if they're organic, are going to be fine. What I'm, the perspective I'm talking from is someone that's very sensitive, that has had a lot of health problems. Right. If you were going to choose a diet that was as minimally inflammatory as possible, Something like a, a lean steak and, and white potatoes is, is a pretty good start because from a vitamin and mineral profile, it's relatively balanced. The only downsides of the red meat are maybe it doesn't have enough copper or magnesium and the potatoes make up for that. Interesting. Uh, so it, wanna, it, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Do you do you ever want to say like screw it and just eat what like Krispy Kreme and like Dunkin' Donuts? Like, do you ever like want to just pig out and be like, I don't care about the copper ratio I don't care about the minerals. I just want to eat something sweet and horrible. You know, for me, for me, like for me, if, if I'm craving something sweet or I try to find a healthy alternative to it because one, I'm n- I'm not going to consume something that has the possibility of chemicals in it um, right. at, on that scale, at least uh, Two, from what I know, from what my liver tolerates, I can't eat certain, if I eat certain foods, I know I will be suffering for four or five, six days up to two weeks. Right. So I, I try to be, if I'm going to, if I'm really craving something, I'll try to make uh, a version of it that I can consume. I, I mean, I do a lot of, I usually, I usually do weekly recipe videos on my channel and probably have over a hundred of them now. So there's a lot of healthy and creative ways that things can even be carnivore. You know, che- cheesecake is pretty much carnivore in some ways. Right. So there, you know, and eating cheesecake is something that people might, you know, that should hit, like, hit all spots. I have a feeling that like, there's like a lot of people that feel like me and they lost weight, they did keto or they did carnivore and they lost weight. And now like I have a condition and like, I'm terrified of carbohydrates. Like I don't want to go back to the way that I was in that picture. Mm -hmm. So like if I were to, what would you tell somebody who is 
wants to introduce carbs back in their diet, but should they be afraid that they're going to be gaining weight because they have a potato every day or a potato every other day? That's where the other lifestyle factors come in. So if you haven't reduced the Wi-Fi radiation in your environment, that's probably the most important health factor, including, I mean, it might even precede diet. You know, I've had, I've had clients that have not been able to fix their health uh, in, until they've removed that high Wi-Fi environment. So, I mean, how's that possible though? So what you do is every turn everything off at night, um, cell phone off, router off, Amazon devices, every single device off at night. You can buy, I'm going to try to make some stuff to, to sell, but you can buy canopies made from certain material. I have a video building a Faraday cage myself. What you want to do is turn everything off at night, eat even better sleep in a, in a type of cage or have some type of bed canopy that has is made with a fabric that blocks these frequencies. Wow. And dur then during the day, you want to reduce it as much as possible. So you could wear protective clothing. You could uh, keep your cell phone on airplane mode as much as possible. Hardwire every single device you're using, your computer, your laptop. You can even hardwire your phone. But just by turning everything off at night and wearing protective clothing, which is not, not invading anyone's lifestyle, really. Just by turning stuff off at night and by wearing protective clothing, you already reduce Wi-Fi about 70 80%, which is enough to, to help most people substantial amount. Uh, but... You might, but that I did a video, I think it was titled something along the lines of, you know, cell phones cause diabetes. And I was basically explaining the mechanism of why the reason, one of the reasons we're so unhealthy right now and why a keto and zero carb diet actually helps people lose weight is because of the high Wi-Fi environments. Hmm. So what I have to say to the to people that are afraid of consuming carbohydrates is, well, if you're in a high Wi-Fi environment and you've been carnivore for a couple of years, you probably messed up your liver to the point that if you actually do consume carbohydrates, you might cause some type of dysbiosis or gut bacteria issue. So what happens is people do keto or carnivore for a long time. They create nutrient and mineral imbalances in their liver. And then when they go to eat uh, the carbohydrates and the fiber is almost like pulling out whatever negative imbalances they have. And then they get overgrowth and they can't eat carbs and they have a bad response. So then they go back to the carnivore keto diet and they're kind of right. stuck following it. Right. Frankie, one of the best things you ever did was when you went down to the city in a caveman outfit <laughs> and you fucking were just and you were just going after the vegans it was it was theater yeah it that was, that was it, fun. Yeah. it was how are you like how do you have the are you, I, how do you get the fuck like i'm scared <laughs> to like even say anything controversial on this freaking podcast and here you are you have a club in your hand <laughs> walking around saying you know, like, do you know how many ants you've killed or how many bugs you've killed in your vegan yeah. diet? And I'm not, yeah. we're, we're, we're not vegans, but we're not against veganism. But like, I think it's really funny. How, where do you get the, have you always had balls, man? Yeah, I had, I had Big no problem. fucking yeah. Italian balls. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand, uh, you know, from a publicity perspective and, and how many, yeah, I was thinking of the marketing for the YouTube channel and, and how good it would do. And, you know, we went down there a couple of times. We had some pretty popular videos. But I actually stopped doing it after one time someone uh, broke my camera equipment. And listen, I knew going down there every time that these people are crazy. Anything can happen. So I, I hired I hired security every time I went down there. Granted, Craig's security probably wasn't a good idea. I should have probably hired more legit stuff. But who, who knows what type of crazy stuff could happen? Someone could you know, come up behind you and just hit you in the head with something if they don't like you. And that's that. And if you're talking to you know 500,000 crazy vegans in a day, chances are one of them's crazy enough to do that. So. Right. After that last event where my camera was broken, I, I didn't do any more vegan events because I was like, it's not worth risking my base. You're risking, you could, you could be risking your life doing that type of stuff That's down there. Saying. Like, it's how, like, very scary. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have a serious question. 
why do you not have the product Frankie's free range big fat Italian sausage? Because, your, your comments man your comments when you say like i don't want to mention the names you're like, they're probably getting stuffed with hot italian sausage on there oh, yeah, yeah. that is so freaking funny man yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes i'll say the vegan girls could use some some hot italian sausage yeah that's this is fun have you got to make a hot italian sausage on your yeah what um, another another shop <laughs> i was looking at last week um this guy's name was dan the meat man i was like that's kind of funny and then I was like, isn't that kind of rude? And he was like, it's not as rude as Frankie's wieners. So it, <laughs> we could definitely, we, we don't have that stuff on the on the website yet, but hopefully once we start making the sausages and the hot dogs, we'll do some funny, we'll do some funny stuff. You have to. Where, what's the future of your channel? What's I know you said recently that you you want to go to LA to become a, a an actor. That correct? was years ago. Yeah, that was years ago. Do you um, still have that dream now? Do you still want I to get there? It went away. It went away a year and a half ago after I realized that anyone involved in that was actually like sell out society, that type of stuff. I realized that it was all fake bullshit. And as soon as I was, as soon as I was a hundred, I had that idea in the back of my mind that it was fake bullshit the whole time, but I still kind of wanted to go out there. But after I knew for sure it was all fake bullshit, I don't want anything to do with that, you know? Well, what, what made you decide it was fake? I, I'm a writer. I'm, I'm a published yeah. author. I've written, I'm not shamelessly plugging my books, but I wrote a book called Monsterland. It was published and all this shit. And like, yeah. I have representation on the West Coast. They're trying to turn my books into films, blah, blah, blah. But I'm still on Long Island. I'm grounded here. What made you realize that you didn't want to be part of that system? Like, what, what, who, how did you find out it was fake? Yeah, it's like, it's like this, it's like this Paul Saladino stuff. Like the guy popped out of nowhere. He copied my information. For some reason, he's on seven podcasts that I reached out to and I couldn't get on myself. It's all, it's all connections. It's all, um, that's it. You know, what, what work, what groups or clubs are these people a part of? Who was their father? Who, who did they know? You know, I used it's to, when I was hard I, back in, I mean, I was still doing acting stuff in 2017, 2018 while I was doing YouTube. I would go down on auditions and do student films to try to build up my resume. And I would look at these, I would look at these, I, um, there's a really popular show called Riverdale. I actually never watched one episode of it, but yeah. one of the actresses on Riverdale, I looked at her resume. It was like, she went to NYU Tisch. And then the second after she left that school, she was cast in the show. And I was like, how does that, I don't understand. People are telling me I need to get, you know, I need, I need, uh, I don't even remember how many, I think I just need one more waiver for my SAG card. You got to get an agent. You got to, you know, I, I literally sent out, I remember I had a, uh, an Excel document with the addresses of every acting agency in LA and New York. And I printed out labels and I sent my headshot and resume to every single one of them. I didn't get one response. And and the way I looked at it was, look, like the reason I thought I could do the acting stuff was because, you know, I'm, I'm a decent looking guy and no one else looks like me. And I, I was looking at all of these movies and films. I was like, you cast. Listen, if you're going to cast that guy as Aladdin, you should have casted me. If you're going to cast that guy in a vampire movie, like I literally look like Dracula when I don't get some sun. Like I was I, I just I, I didn't think, look, I don't there are some really amazing and talented actors out there. By no means do I consider myself a talented actor. I can memorize a script and I can do a better job than half of these people. And I figured I had the look. So I, from, from a from a face value perspective, I was like, why the, you know, it's it's a no brainer. At least that's the way I looked at it. But then I when I realized it was all connections, you really have to want to do it. Mm -hmm. And it, I kind of pushed that to the wayside in favor of the health and nutrition stuff. So what, what's the future of of your YouTube channel of your company, you know, like wh where do you want to be in five years? 
I used to do a lot more acting skits on my channel with vegan and like carnivore goes vegan for day stuff. But uh, I like when you when you were like the nerdy right, with the, the nerdy. Yeah, shirt. that was um, that was the vegan rabbit diet where I talked with the lip and I put on like a shirt. It was very funny. Very funny. <laughs> I haven't had that creativity lately, but um, I, I'm trying to. So you know, most most of be it used to be a lot of like nutrition videos and anti-vegan stuff. Then it evolved to some more like news topics too at this point i'm also trying to throw fitness in and now i have my business so realistically it's looking like you know one or two nutritional education videos per week you know one or two maybe current news videos per week i'm going to try to do a fitness video here and there. i'll try to do a cooking video and this is the thing you could have a when i, I had to do jaw surgery to get the plates taken out of my head from a prior jaw surgery and i did a month worth of videos to to just not have to work but even though I had basically 30 videos to post, you have two or three news stories or events that come up every week that you can make a video on. Mm -hmm. So those 30 videos actually lasted me about two months because every other day something happened. I got an idea in my head to do a different video. So mostly nutrition focused still. I'm going to try to pepper in the fitness stuff. We'll see how that goes because I did the bodybuilding stuff. You got fucking shredded. I got to yeah. tell you. When when yeah. I come back in my next lifetime, I'm going to uh -huh. say that's the body that I want because I don't care how much I work out. I don't care how little carbohydrates I eat. I can never look like a fucking Bronx, like fucking Bron you know, like a Bronx Frankie. Forget yeah. it. There's no, I'm, you know, like I still got my gut. It's, it's all good. I mean, I'm health to me is everything, right? Do I wish I had your biceps? Yeah, but it just, you know, it's not going to happen. I don't care how many curls I do. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't really, I didn't really talk about it much because when I started my YouTube channel in 2016, from a timeline perspective, I lifted weights from like 2008 to basically 2014. So mm -hmm. almost 10 years straight of lifting weights. And then I basically stopped. So, you know, I was really, really into bodybuilding, really muscular. And when I started lifting weights again, it, it came back pretty quickly. Right. Uh, so we'll see how that can pepper into my channel. I've had a lot of, a lot of opposition, um, but hey, we'll see. You've had a lot of hate there. Yeah, so it's it's I, it's, fu it's funny because it went from Frank, you're a skinny fairy boy twink. Like you can't lift any weights, and then it, it, your form is terrible. And then as soon as I was more muscular than all the people that were talking shit about me, they were just like, "Oh well, you're on steroids." So what do you, you do? What do you, you feel know. like? What do you do with the haters, man? Like you know, because we haven't really run I into feel that. Like I feel like you 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 internalize it a lot, or you're just using that on your channel to like make get more views. Well. I, I used to not care about it because I knew they were hating on, like vegans were hating on me because of what I said about them. But now I know that a lot of these people that are hating on me are actually being paid to post those comments. Wow. So to me, to me, I don't care. Because uh, well, the thing is, and I can, I can prove it too, because I see videos of Jay Cutler and famous bodybuilders and other really famous fitness influencers doing the exact same thing as me, but they're not getting hate. It's, it's very, it's, it's once you, see the social media atmosphere and, and then you get a guy like me that doesn't want to play nice with everyone. They don't want, I, why would they want me to become like a, the next famous fitness influencer? It's never going to happen because they don't want a guy in there. That's not going to give something back to everyone else. You know, there's not, they want a guy that that's going to sell out. That's going to do what they say. That's going to work, work nice with other people. But when I see someone selling some supplement, you know, I look at it, I say, well, what's wrong with it? What's good about it? I'm intelligent enough that I can see, okay, this can be done better. Let me do it myself. And most people don't really have that mindset. They're, they don't have the, you know, the years and years and years of, of focus 
and and how hard it has been for me to build you know my youtube channel even if i just put in a minimal amount of effort compared to that and all of these other things it's still more thought than other people put you know for me when i see and i don't want to mention specific people but someone like david laid who is very you know popular great shape young guy over a million you know on youtube millions on instagram he's still he's still like he was selling uh, headphones two weeks ago i was like dude you got that large of a following is the reason you're selling headphones because you're stuck with these people and they won't let you do your own thing or is the reason you're selling headphones is because you know you don't really have you know you don't really care you know you're just doing it to because you want there's one element like is your goal to be a famous fitness influencer and just have people look at your abs that's what he got because that's probably what he wanted mm -hmm. but if it was a different scenario where he actually wanted to you know help people improve their health achieve that and do certain things that's where you can't be like you can't be good at everything you know mm -hmm. and that's kind of what i'm doing you know so why would you go to this person for dietary advice when frank will give you the information for free mm -hmm. that that's kind of what it's come down to in a lot of different aspects what are your favorite restaurants, steakhouses to go to? I know you must be a Luger's guy, right? I saw you did that, how to cook the perfect Luger's steak. That's Eric and my jam. I mean, we love Peter Luger's. We have, now that I've actually found out I'm allergic to uh, mold, like really badly, It, I, I used to eat the um, the mold, dry-aged meat, and I'm breaking out in hives afterwards. I'm like, ah, oh, it can't be, it can't be. But you know, now that I'm on that spray, hopefully, you know, we should, the three of us will do some damage at Luger's. Yeah, I'm actually really upset about that because uh, the, the 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 nonsense going on in the world right now, uh, all the New York City restaurants are closed. That's I used terrible. to, I used to, no, I was, a, I said I was a bartender. I used to wait tables at Del Frisco's Steakhouse. You know, in the city, I, on, in the city? Yeah, Del Frisco's uh, on 49th oh, Street. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I waited, yeah, I mean, I've been there waited, many times. Yeah, I, I, I've waited tables in, uh, mainly there, most, most restaurants I bartended in, but yeah, I, I really like that scene, and I was a part of it for a couple of years, and and it's kind of you can't even go out anymore for, yeah, in sure. a lot of cases. Uh, I was actually supposed to before all this nonsense happened. I was going to film. A, I said, screw the acting stuff. Let me make my own. Uh, I wanted to film a, a steak pilot at uh, the first was well, the first steakhouse. It's in uh, Delmonico's. Uh, we were going to film a pilot there. I was going to pay someone a few thousand bucks to produce it for me, and I was going to be like the host. Mm -hmm. and, and after since this nonsense happened, I didn't even bother. So. As much as I like, like, yeah, I mean, Luger's is great. I did a, a video on like how to do their steak. Right. Uh, I like it a lot. Del, Fris Del Frisco's I'm okay with a lot of like the, um, uh, like, uh, what's it, what's the prime rib place? Smith and Walensky. I like their prime rib. Um, there was another one, uh, really, really, I mean, New York city steakhouses for the most part, a lot of them are using kind of the same meat and same style stuff. Uh, for, for me, it was more about who I went out with and, yep. I don't know if I was ever really blown away by a New York City restaurant meal, to be honest. Uh, now that I really, really think about it, I don't have, I didn't like, I never really sat down at a restaurant and I ate something and I was like, damn, this is so good. Let me get another one. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have, I used to, I, used, I did some catering work myself. I do a lot of cooking myself. I mean, we didn't mention it. I was, I almost got on MasterChef season nine. I was in the first episode. You were on Fox Five too, right? Yeah, I got on. They, they, they were nice. They let me cook a steak on on Memorial Day. That was, I think, Memorial Day 2018. They let me cook a steak on the news. So, how did you get? Did, you get like, did you contact them? Did they contact you? They contacted me because they wanted to promo. They wanted to promo Master Chef for the New York clientele, and I was the best guy they had, even though they kicked me off the show. Uh, and if you, I mean, I mean, 
I, I did really well on that show from a beginner perspective, but I didn't sleep the night before I was having sleeping issues. So I would have done even better. But if you look at how these other people did, they were shaken. They were so nervous. It was like, right. So there's a reason they picked me to do that. And that, and that was kind of fun. But uh, as much as I like that New York City restaurant scene, you know, unless you're paying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to eat at like a tasting menu Michelin star, I just never really enjoyed eating at steakhouses when I knew if I could go in my backyard and put a wood fire Right. Oak, cherry and, and throw a steak on there it tastes better uh, listen there's not i love it it tastes great love the steak i've had some oh you know what actually i went to the beatrice inn they had i think it was like a 60 or 90 day dry age steak and that was pretty good but mm -hmm. uh, for the most part it's kind of tough people think new york city is the restaurant capital of the world but you spend a lot of money and sometimes the experience isn't that great best steak we've had was uh we ate a craft steak in vegas um and they had a Kobe Japanese uh, real deal A1. A5, I think. A5. Yeah, A5. It was the best steak I've ever tasting had. Tasting menu. And then they had these in season uh, zucchini blossoms that they oh, the, 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 stuff. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was just, oh it was epic. <laughs> like you, you dream about a meal like that. It was and the like, best you, meal. It, it was like, it was like a one night only because like it was just whatever was available for that night. And that like, was whenever, for our, that was for my bachelor party. I, I got married to my wife in Vegas. We got married mm -hmm. at the Bellagio and Eric, you know, Eric took me out to craft steak and it was the greatest meal I've ever had in my life. It was mm -hmm. unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. That's what life's made for. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds sounds good thank you for coming on man we really we're grateful where can people find you where can people oh, we didn't even talk about your book listen we, once this covid bullshit is over which i'm assuming it should be over after the election but that's well, my own conspiracy. well I, I to guess it's not going to happen for a long time you think it's going to be you think it's going to how long how long do you think if i had to bet at least at least until late next year at There's least no, what are we coming back to there's going to be nothing to come back to well, w watch my video today if you understand what they're trying to do and real briefly with the smart city infrastructure. If they have all these towers set up, all these devices set up, everyone has the new 5G phone and stuff, they're going to know where you are at every point in time, what you think, what you eat, what you do. They're going to have basically they, – they, they're trying to wait until they have control over everyone and then life is going to you know go back to normal in quotes once they have – that's my understanding of it. Listen, I'd love to hope that it's just going to go away, but – you don't think it's a Trump thing, really and truly? Like, you don't think this is no, like... It's not. It's, it's can't, no, it's... Every, I, from what I've seen, my understanding of the situation with... And I'm in... I, I What's scaring me is how many uh, telecom companies are setting up the, the smart city infrastructure. I think it's going to be a several-year plan of keeping people in fear until they set everything up. And they're basically going to... I mean, we could talk about this a whole other time, but I wouldn't be too, too optimistic about... I mean, I have to, for me personally, I have to try not to think about that stuff as much as possible and just right. focus on, you know, being positive, being happy, my businesses and that type of stuff. And, you know, and if people want to listen and get my perspective on why I think it's not going to happen and what they should do and this and that, I'll talk to them. But for the most part, a lot of people are just brainwashed and mind controlled by the modern media. And I'm just trying to do the best with what the tools I have access to. to, to, to are you going to get the shot? Are you going to get the vaccine? I mean, you'd have to be crazy. Um, for, first of all, if you understand what a virus is, it's something that's created by your DNA and RNA. It's nothing that a virus can't actually be transmitted from person to person. Um, and you said that once. Steve. Yeah, no. Well, that's if you if you Google what if you Google the word virus and you go on Wikipedia, it literally says 
virus is some type of particle created by your DNA and RNA. Loosely, loosely explaining that, um, what really got me, and I've done several videos on this, the symptoms for coronavirus are not similar to, they're identical to radiation poisoning. And the video I just published 20 minutes ago, which was, uh, this is uh, October 19th, what's really gone at, going on in New York City public schools, hopefully that video isn't taken down by now, I went down to the 16 public city schools that had case outbreaks and they all had a Wi-Fi tower pointed at the school. So when you look up, when you Google radiation poisoning symptoms, and then they had that, you know, Kawasaki disease illness in children a couple months back, identical right. to radiation poisoning. They're, they're radiating people. And the problem is this new world, this new smart city infrastructure, it requires the towers, the Wi-Fi, the setup. And I mean, if they want that, people are going to get very sick. Some people are going to die. That butcher shop I was at last week in Pennsylvania, there's a 5G tower about two miles away. You could still see the tower, though. Radiation levels were as high as having a cell phone on next to you oh my from God. two miles away. So there's a lot to think about there. There's a lot to be be worried about there. But uh, it seems, it seems we'll hopeless. It seems like we're like beyond powerless that, you know, this is, you know, no one asked for this. Mm. you know, we're very, our, our we're, business, our business was decimated. Yeah. Like, you we know, own, we own a global car service that handles the entertainment industry. And once we always joked, Oh, as long as they're making movies, we're going to be in business. Yeah. They literally stopped making movies and TV shows. Yeah. Our business was decimated. I don't, I, I always said this. I don't see a way out of it unless the media it's, I really feel it's all up to the media to say, okay, there's no more coronavirus. Everybody can go out. Or the cases have dropped to absolutely nothing because the media is controlling the whole narrative. It's, when, when it, the, it's insane because what, what, that video that I made that was taken down, I think it was April 20th of, of this year, when I went to film that the New York City hospitals were empty, I was like, this is nuts. What, is, what are there just 10 million people sitting in their apartment in New York City not checking anything? Like, what's it, right. If people won't even go outside their apartment building to look and they're just going to stay glued to the TV and listen to the TV, what can we really do? When the protests were going on, the media didn't have the numbers of COVID up anymore. And we're thinking, I, I, guess I was down. I have a video. I was down at that in, in Washington Square Park one day. They bust in about 10,000 people to protest. And I went down there with, I spent, I never do it again. I spent $2,000 on flyers. I had thousands of flyers. And I went down there to hand them out, warning people about everything. And I was saying, who wants to hand out flyers? I'll pay $30 an hour. Not one person. I would have done it for $30 an hour myself. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. it was really, really sketchy, really fishy stuff going on. But again, I'm trying to ignore it. If I feel like there's something that needs to be addressed, um, I'm trying to do live streams every week about it and just try to assure people, hey, listen, whatever is whatever negative is going on out there, just if you need to think about it and address it for some reason, do it quick. But try, try to do do something and, and focus on something positive that you can you can still maintain while while this is going on. We believe it. I, I just wanted to say, Eric, real quick. We believe in mediumship. I don't know if you know. This, we're very spiritual, and we believe in that stuff. And we, we, our father passed away three years ago from COPD. And I went to a medium uh, in November 2019. Guy George Anderson. He's in Comac. He's going to actually be on the podcast uh, in a couple weeks. And the bodybuilder. George Anderson. No, no, no. No, this guy's not a bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, he's always, he's, he always connects us to the other side and this and that. And my dad came through and my dad said, he's like, you better buckle up for he next told us year this in 2019. He did before the word coronavirus was even anything or COVID was anything. He's like, you better buckle up because next year is going to be turbulent. I had the same reading in June. I had another reading with him via, uh, the phone 
he said the worst is yet to come. So, like, you, you know, you're preaching that, like, it's, so you know. I, out of curiosity, I don't want to open Pandora's box, but what do you, what's, what are your thoughts on mediumship? Because that's something that I don't think you've ever covered. I mean, spirituality, law of attraction. I think there's a lot of truth to that type of stuff. I don't know. I honestly don't know much about it. There's definitely, like, there's definitely a lot of secrets and, and things related to that that are kind of held from the general public. And, and there's a yeah. reason they don't want people to know that type of stuff. But I mean, not not to be pessimistic, but that the worst is yet to come, very very likely true. What what right. to me it's not like everyone is it's not like all these elite people are mass exodusing the United States yet. From what I can tell, they're still you know like Joe for instance Joe Rogan moved to Texas. He didn't move. You know if Joe Rogan was in New Zealand, you know might might be a little little hint to uh to, to buy a plane ticket somewhere else. But they they haven't they the only reason I'm like okay this might get they're saying this like the media is just bullshit from what we can tell from on paper what's happening it seems like they're going to make it a lot worse but they didn't jump ship yet they're still on the ship some of them are still in america most of them are still in america actually so ben shapiro moved to nashville rogan moved to austin yeah yeah ben shapiro moved to nashville that's another thing i see these all right these people aren't jumping ship yet they're still staying in the states is the reason everyone knows ben shapiro moved to nashville and they didn't talk about the 10 people that moved to London. Is there, are there 10 people that moved to London? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. I didn't even think of that. I, do you want to stay in New York or do you feel that you, you want to move? Cause we're in a very liberal state. Yeah. I mean, my goal is just to provide people at this point with as high quality food as possible. So I'm going to try to just keep my businesses going. I'm going to try to purchase a slaughterhouse and hopefully a farm in the near future and make sure that, uh, you know, people get a reliable source of, of nutrition. And are you going to move to the country? Well, I mean, if, if the, far, the farm is probably going to be two, three hours from the city. So yeah, I'm going to move out there for a little bit and run the operation. It's amazing. Uh, I see yeah, a restaurant huge. in your future. I don't know why, but I, like, I would love to, but at this, that honestly, that, that was always something that I like dream. Number one throughout most of my life was, Hey, at some point in time, as soon as these businesses are successful, I have my own restaurant, but Look, my, my business partner is a new, real legit New York City restaurant chef, corporate chef for like 10 years. So you got to do it, Frankie. We have the tools. It's just with what's going on right now with, uh, listen, if someone came up to me and said, Frank, I'll give you $10 million to open up a, a restaurant in the Jewish section of London, I'd probably do it. But to actually do it myself with my own money, that might have been something that would have happened if this nonsense wasn't going on in the world. Yeah, We're definitely going to be applying my culinary knowledge and my business partner's culinary knowledge and, and the products, the future products on Frankie syringe mean and some things we're going to offer though. That's, that's what we're looking forward to. Yeah. Big opportunities to get a Frankie's Frankie's restaurant in New York city because everything is closed. You know, I see your 2021, place. 2022 should be very interesting with that. We'll get shut down. We're going to, uh, there's a be sign at the door. No masks. The, the mayor. <laughs> we want to be able to open up the mayor. Yeah. Frankie, when all this is over, really and truly, I don't care if it's in a year, six months, in another month, Eric and I would love to have you come down to the uh, the studio in Hicksville. We'll do a live broadcast and everything. We, you know, we we're based in Hicksville, um, but we live, uh, you know, we live a few miles from there. But mm -hmm. you know, we're grateful you came on, and I, you know, we I know we kept you past the hour, but I could talk to you for two. Oh, yeah, hours. yeah, no, we could. This could be probably three, four hours if we wanted to. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Frankie, Everybody. where can everyone find you? Give, give, just plug away. Yeah, yeah, biggest, biggest social media is YouTube Frank Tefano, but uh, my web developer did a really great job on frank-tefano.com. If you go there, it's literally about eight links to every single thing I have. Um, you could check that stuff out. That's the best way to and do also, it. Also, you guys can book Frank uh, uh, for consultation 
and he'll, you know, dissect your diet and, uh, you know, try and give you some real personalized yeah. advice. We have the book for, I think it's 15 bucks on my website. We have a carnivore course for 20 bucks, but if, if you want a little more personalized, you, you can also schedule a consultation one-on-one. It's very amazing. cool. Frank, Everybody, thanks, man. please like, subscribe, and comment on our channel. Frank, th thank you for coming on. And uh, hang out for two seconds. We're going to do the sign-off. And uh, Everyone, like, subscribe, leave, comment, share, and hit that. Oh, we got to add this. Hit that bell notification. I saw that. You got to hit the bell. No you know, that's, that's new for us. So, <laughs> All right. Frankie, thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.